Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. Numbers chapter 13, verses 25. Let's start there. I know I just made you all sit down, but it is our tradition at Brazen Grace to stand for the reading of God's words. If you would please stand with me, I would be truly grateful. Thank you so much. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 through 33. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Ready? Let's read it out loud. And they returned from spying out the land for... 40 days. Keep reading. Now they departed and came back. Uh huh. And all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them, to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, who can tell me what's another word for nevertheless? But, that's an ugly but right there. Eh? That's not a good but at all. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in it are, and the cities are, and very, moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are to overcome it. Here's another ugly but. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able. Come on now. We are not able, keep reading, to go up against the... Two more verses. And they gave the children of Israel... One more time. And they gave the children of Israel... Which they had spied out, saying, A land which devours its inhabitants. I mean, these boys are some dramatic fellas, aren't they? The, the land devours its inhabitants. I mean, give me a break. And all the people who, who saw it, saw in it are men of great stature. Last verse, ready? There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, come from, from the giants. And we were like in our And so we were in their sight. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for grace. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit. Help me to speak this word today. God, I really need you. I really need you. I trust in you. I depend on you. I rest in you. Let this word flow freely today without any hindrance or inhibition of any kind the way you would like it. And I pray, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest in this room would hear and receive this word and let them be blessed. Let it apply to their lives. Let them leave blessed, anointed. Let them feel refreshed, encouraged, and edified. For your glory, God, we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, yeah. we do this at Brazen Grace. So just put your right hand on your head and say, stinking thinking. You've got to go. Today I receive revelation. I'm not just a hearer. 
I'm also a doer in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, look at somebody and say, what you looking at? What you looking at? Thank you, Jesus. Michael, could you turn that up? The people can read their Bibles. Numbers chapter 13, we see this tragic story of 12 spies that are sent out to spy the land. God sent them to go spy the land. God sent them out to go spy the land. Who sent them out? They end up blaming Moses for it. Amen. But who sent them out? Thank you so much, Michael. Who sent them out to spy the land? God sent them out to spy the land. Who brought them out of Egypt? Talk to me. Who brought them out of Egypt? What did they have to do? Did they have to fast and pray for 21 days so they could get delivered? No, they didn't do a thing. In fact, they didn't even know any better. Who brought them out of Egypt? God did. And the same God who brought them out of Egypt is now saying, go into this land. Go to Numbers chapter 13 verse 1 so you can see clearly what I'm talking about. Numbers chapter 13 verse 1. Are you all going to help me preach and teach today? Numbers chapter 13 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Ready? What did God say to them? Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now, if that's all God said, and they came back with a really miserably bad report, you'd go, yeah, they were kind of went to check out how things are and to kind of come back with a detailed report of how bad things are and what strategies they need to do to defeat the enemy and how to do that stuff. But notice what God says next, which I am giving, which I need you to fight for. Which I need you to defeat the enemy for? No, God is making very clear here, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Listen to me, family. The whole purpose of the spying of the land was not for them to find out how big the enemy was. It was not to find out how bad things were. The whole purpose of the spying was to come back and tell people, y'all, it looks crazy, but guess what? God promised to give it to us and we're going to get it. I love those little uh, patty cake golf claps in the church. When <laughs> God is saying, the whole point of me sending you there was to show you what I am about to give you. Wow. He's not sending them there to find out how big Anak was, or the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, or the mosquito bites. Amen. This was not about finding out how bad things were. This was about finding out what God is about to give us and come back and tell them it's already mine. It's already ours. This was not about you getting a bad report. And the Bible says, and they came back and gave a bad report. How many of you know that was not the point of the spying? The point of the spying was to see and tell them it looks bad in the natural, but how many of you know if it looks bad, it's going to be that glorious a victory? Oh, come on, somebody. You see, when Goliath came against David, when Goliath came against David, David did not sit and say, my God, he's 9 to 13 feet tall. How am I going to have to swing this? Which direction? I mean, the trajectory has to be correct. Listen to me. If God sent you to take out a giant, you could swing that thing under your leg and send it. It will still find its way to Goliath's head. Because it was never about you. It was never about you. It was about what God is giving to you. Go look at what I'm about to give you. 
Go look at what I'm about to give you. Go look. Guess what David said when he saw Goliath? He goes, big giant, it's going to be a big fall. <laughs> Goliath, he never discussed, oh, look at how great Goliath. It was the other boys who were hiding behind trees that were talking about how big Goliath was. David stands there and he says, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? David did not take time to look at how tall he was. He was still talking eye level, if you know what I mean, you know. He was like, who are you, O uncircumcised Philistine, that will come up against the armies of God? All these spies needed to do was stand there and say, oh, y'all are so big. My God's going to wipe y'all out. So often we stand there and we figure out how we need to win this battle. When God tells us, go check out, go spy the land. He wasn't telling you to figure out strategies. He was trying to show you what was about to be yours. All he needed to do was come back and say, my God, them grapes, them grapes. They had carried one grape and two grapes. I mean, that's how big the grapes were. Somebody said it this way. Imagine calling somebody. How would, I, how would you like to come home for breakfast for a grape? I mean, one grape would free everything. I mean, that thing was huge. Come over for a grape. <laughs> That stuff is huge. You were, they went over there to say, look what God is giving us. But instead, the 10 spies come back and give a bad report. What was the bad report? It was what they saw with their natural eyes. My question to you today is what you're looking at? What you're looking at? What are you looking at? Because you see, if all they had to do was remember what God told them. All they had to do was remember what God told them. This land which I am giving you. Which means what? It's a done deal. It was a done deal before they got there. It was a done deal before they ever entered in. They should have gone in to see where. Which, oh wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stake my claim over here. I'm going to, oh, you know brother man, I'm going to fight for that one right there. I'm going to get that. They should have been going around trying to decide where they're going to live. Not decide how we're going to defeat this. I am giving you. I am giving you. Beloved, it was a gift of grace. They didn't have to do anything. I am giving you. When you are given something, do you find out strategies on how to take it? When God is giving you something, what do you do? Take it and say, that's all you got to do. God was literally sending them to show them what their future home looked like. Wow. He was literally sending them to see what their future home looks like. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. I'm about to give you vineyards you did not plant. I'm going to about to give you wells that you did not dig. Who dug it? The enemy did. But who's going to benefit from it? I am. And they're trying to figure out, how do we dig these wells? How do we build these houses? I said, I am giving it to you. I'm telling you today, listen to me. There is a transfer that is happening, but it requires us to open our eyes and see that the wealth of the wicked is being transferred into the camp of the righteous. But because the, the church is trying to come up with strategies on how to get the wealth, we're missing the whole picture. God is saying, I will transfer the wealth in. I will give you houses. I will give you vineyards. I will give you wells. I don't need you to help me. I got this.
How are we doing? They come and they give a bad report. And the Bible says in verse number 13, 30 of verse 13 of chapter 13, and Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Caleb quieted the people. That's King James Version for shut up. <laughs> oh, preacher, you know the world is going to hell. Things are just going to get worse. All hell is going to break out. I mean, the Antichrist is about to show up any minute now. Beloved, if you're more obsessed with the Antichrist than Jesus Christ, you got a serious problem. What you looking at? And Caleb quieted the people. He's saying, shut. Y'all, I'm sorry to say shut up in church. I know it sounds rude, but you see, when people are giving the bad report, when people are giving the bad report, it brings you frustrated. It makes you angry because you want to look at them and you say, boys, we're this close. We're this close from entering into everything God has for us. Shut up. We're this close from walking into the promise that God gave us. Why was Jake, Joshua, and Caleb so mad? They were like, shut up up we're this close from walking in we're this close from entering into the promises of God and you guys are giving a bad report shut up oh but pastor we got to talk about the facts I mean we got to talk about the facts we cannot deny the facts you know what happens whatever you're looking at you manifest That's why you sit around and you go, how are those people getting blessed? Well, because they ain't looking at poop. How come these people, I mean, we're trying, everything, everything's going crazy, but they're just getting blessed and blessed and they're growing and they're growing and they're blessed and they're blessed. Their businesses are prospering. How is it? Because they don't have time to sit and look at the bad news. What are you looking at? He says, let us go up at once, at once. It didn't matter. Let us go at once and take possession. Not let us go and fight. Let us go take possession. God is going to do the fighting. We do the possessing. <laughs> that blessed me as it came out of my mouth. God is going to do the fighting. All you got to do is do the possessing. Come on, somebody. God is going to do the fighting. I don't know what you are facing today. I don't know what's coming up against you today. You don't have to fight in this battle. All you got to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will do the fighting. You will do the possessing. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. Did Caleb and Joshua see anything different than what the other ten saw? Did they go to the east and the other boys went to the west? They all saw the exact same thing. They all saw the same thing. What was the difference? What was the difference? This is really crazy, isn't it? How is it that the same guys under the same pastor, under the same pastor Moses, goes, hears the same word from the Lord, and goes and ten come back with a rubbish report? Is anybody listening to me today? And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. 
And they say, we cannot go up against these people for they are stronger than we. Who asked you to be stronger than them? Who asked you if you were stronger than them? It was not about your strength. It is not by your might. It is not by your power. It is by the... Y'all don't want to help me preach in this place today. What do you mean we're not stronger? Who cares? Do you really think David was stronger than Goliath? <laughs> do you really think, I mean, on a natural day, he'd afflict him with his finger and David would go flying? It was never about your strength. It was never about your strategy. It was always the arm of the Lord that was upon you. The hand of God that was on you. And if God has called you, if God has set you apart, if God has anointed you, then God will provide for you. We are like Isaac saying, Father, where is the sacrifice? Father, where is the provision? Oh God, how are we going to pay this off? Oh God, how is this going to happen? God, where is going to come from? And God says, Jehovah Jireh, I got this. I got this. I never asked you to come up with the solution. God will provide. God will provide. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't freak out. God will provide. God will provide. My God shall supply. Help me somebody. All of my needs. Not according to my needs. But according to his. My God have mercy. According to his riches in glory. And I prophesy today. If you will take your eyes off of what you are going through. And fix your eyes on the provider. On Jehovah Jireh. Then you will receive what Jehovah Jireh can provide. Not what your eyes are telling you somebody. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Let's go to chapter 14, verse 1. My time's running out, so help me, help me, help me. Chapter 14, verse 1. Are you guys with me today? Yes. Can I keep preaching? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm just looking at the new folk, wondering if they like me. <laughs> that preacher dresses weird. This is all I could find in red for Patriot Day, okay, y'all? Don't get mad at me. I got the whole red, white, and blue thing happening right here. Come on now. <laughs> I got my soldiers really happy with me back there. <laughs> yeah, it's a marine there. <laughs> Excuse me. I was raised in India, man. What's wrong with you? You know, it's really funny. Exactly 20 years ago, I was so sickly in a deathbed right now. And I wasn't even aware of 9-11 because I was so sick. Um, I, it's hard to explain, but my immune system had collapsed and I picked up every disease in the air. And it was really, really bad. And they'd sent me home because there was no hope. And supernaturally, 20 years ago, God healed me around this time. Just this past week, God was reminding me, Zach, 20 years ago, you had the worst attack on your life and I brought you out. If he did it before. <laughs> if he did it before. He'll do it again. Okay, chapter 14, verse 1. Y'all y'all just stop it. Chapter 14, verse 1. After the report is given, the Bible says, ready? So all the congregation lift up their voice and worship God in praise. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. I got a question for you. Were they crying because of the good report? They were crying because of what? Depression is always an indication that you've been listening to the wrong report. 
Fear is always an indication that you're listening to the bad report. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You better hear me today. You better hear me today. Something is shifting over you today. I prophesy over you, church family, that whatever is coming against you is now going to be around you. But God is opening your eyes to see that those who are with you are greater than those who are against you. I'm, I'm just, I don't know what you came here for, but today something is shifting. As soon as your view switches from the problem to the provider, it's all taken care of. Okay, okay, let me preach. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people, <laughs> oh, you know, I can't have a service without saying spirit of ding dong. <laughs> and the people wept that night. Did they, did they weep because of the good news? I'm going to ask you again. Did they weep because of the good news? No, they're weeping because they heard the bad news. Ten people were saying one thing. Two people were saying something else. They had an option to decide who to listen to. They had the option to do what Caleb said when they brought the bad report. I just got a prophetic word for some of you. When they come to you with the bad report, oh, let me tell you what's, what, let me tell you, you do as Caleb didn't say, shut up. That's in the Bible, by the way. Don't get mad at me when I'm saying this stuff. One day I was preaching in the church and one brother got so excited, he got so riled up and got up in the middle of the sermon, pointed in the face and said, you shut your black mouth <laughs> in the middle of a sermon. <laughs> I love it. He was real. I, I always joke about some of, some of our brethren, you know, they're, they're, they're saved, but they're, they're barely saved. You know what I mean? <laughs> They'll make it. But they'd be smelling a smoke as they get in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and every pastor needs a few of those people to stand right by you. Because <laughs> everybody else be all spiritual and holy and, oh, let's talk about it. Let's, let's fellowship. No. You need a few people like Peter. Okay. And all the children of Israel, wait for it now. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. What? Wait, what? What? Moses and Aaron didn't say a word. They just obeyed God and sent the spies out to go see what, was, what God was about to give them. They come back. The bad boys bring the bad report and everybody mad at Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Ready? If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Wow. wow. And if only we had died in the wilderness. They were basically saying, what's the point of coming this far? Wow. If only we had died in the wilderness. How blind do you have to be to not see what God has done for you in the past? To forget all his benefits. To forget how he delivered you out of Egypt. 
to send, see how he sent the plagues to defend you. How he took out all the enemy's firstborn. Everything that God, how quickly you forget. How quickly you forget every battle that God won for you. And now you say it was so much better in bondage. It was so much better in slavery. It was so much better in hell. Ain't nobody want me to preach today. That's all right. Verse 3. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? No, ding dong. You were victims in Egypt. How quickly they forgot. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? You ready? So they said to one another, let us select a leader. <laughs> And return to Egypt. I'm going to walk away from that one. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly and the congregation of Israel. Now Moses is feeling sorry for himself too. And verse 6. But. I talked about the bad buts earlier. This is a good but. It's a good but. But Joshua the son of Nun, mm. and Caleb, the son of a name I cannot pronounce, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Are they tearing their clothes because they started to believe the bad report? No. They're tearing the clothes because the boys have taken their eyes off of what God has promised them. They are now frustrated. Now they're angry. And they're saying, guys, we're so close. We're so close. You know the tragedy of this story? Because they went with the 10 spies. It took them 40 long years in the wilderness. It's as if Joshua and Caleb knew, guys, I'm not asking you to shut up because I'm being mean and rude. I'm asking you to shut up because your destiny is at stake. Your destiny, your future is at stake. Verse 7, and they spoke to all the congregation and the children of Israel saying, ready? The land we passed through to spy out. And now they're telling them, it's an exceedingly good land. It's good. God will never lead you to anything that is not good. He's a good God and He's good all the time. And whatever He has for you will always be good. It's a good God. It's a good land. Listen to me. He's a good Father. There is nothing bad in Him. And then verse number 8, Joshua says, If the Lord delights in us. Come on, somebody. If the Lord delights in us. Lift your hands and say, The Lord delights in me. The Lord delights in me. If the Lord delights in us. He's trying to tell them, Boys, it's not about whether you're good enough or bad enough. It's because the Lord delights in us. The Lord your God is with us. He is mighty to save. He rejoices over us. He delights over us. Listen to me. God delights in you today, church. You are not a stench in God's nostrils. You are a fragrance. But you're saying, preacher, you don't know what I'm doing. You don't know how much I'm struggling with sin. You don't know how weak I am. I want you to know in your weakness, his strength is made perfect in your weakness. And then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, I will brag 
can boast about my weaknesses because the power of Christ dwells in me. Your weaknesses don't disqualify you. Your weaknesses doesn't make God turn away from you. It is because you are weak that God turns towards you. Hear me when I say this today. He delights in you. He delights in you. If the Lord delights in us, ready? Then He will. We will? That's the problem with us. We are a little obsessed with our we. You need to dump your we and go with He. You need to really give up your we. You're a little too much we concerned. You're a little too much we obsessed. We ain't got nothing. Don't get mad at me when I'm preaching good. We got nothing. It is all what He has given to us. He will bring us into this land and watch it. He will give it to us. Who is going to bring you into this land? God will. Who's going to bring it to you? Who's going to give it to you? God. Y'all better help me while I'm preaching good because I'm telling you something is about to shift over your life. As soon as you shift your focus, as soon as you say, my God delights in me. My God watches over me. My God fights my battles. He goes before me. He is the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. I am not the one that needs to fight. God is fighting for you. God is going to take out your enemies. Open your eyes and see that those that are for you are greater than those that are against you. Come on somebody. If the Lord delights in us, woo, he delights. <laughs> hey, say this, God delights in me. Come on. Look at somebody, grab them and say, he likes me. 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 God doesn't just love me. God likes me. And because he likes me, he's leading me. Come on now. Into a land that's flowing. Into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. He will give it to us. Come on. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the spirit of the Lord. Are you listening to me today? He will lead us. He will give it to us. Lift those hands right where you are. Come on. Lift those hands right where you are. And say, let the scales fall out. Open my eyes. Open my eyes to see. See, in the garden there were two trees. One tree was the tree of knowledge. It was the tree of information. The other one was the tree of life. The tree of life. And that tree of life was the tree that saw through the eyes of faith. But the tree of the knowledge in good and evil was the tree that saw by sight. See, today we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Oh, I got so much more to preach, but today God is already moving in this place. God is already moving in this place. In your homes, my friend that's watching online, the same presence that's here is with you too. That same presence that's in this room. The God who brings and gives you the victory. Take that keys out of my monitor, please. The God who gives you the victory. The God who goes before you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are you facing today? What has God promised you today? What has God promised you today? Does it look impossible? That's okay. He masters at the impossible. 
Does it look like it's not going to happen no matter what you do? Praise God. It was never going to be what you can do. It's what God is going to do in and through you. So come on, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus and lift those hands right now. And as an act of worship, I want you to tell God, you got this. You got this. You got this. It's not by my might. It's not by my power. It's by the Spirit of the Lord. What are you looking at? Are you looking at the problem or are you looking at the provider? What are you looking at today? Are you looking at the problem? If you are, take your eyes off of it. Are you looking at the storm or are you looking at Jesus? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. God, I look to you, please. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Can you do it right now? You don't need music for this. Do it right now. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Take your eyes off the problem. This is how the psalmist says it. He goes, oh, magnify the Lord. You've been magnifying your problem. In fact, I'll be honest with you. It looks a lot bigger because of the fear that's on the inside. It's not as big as it looks. I'm going to do a whole sermon on that one. It's not as bad as it looks. It's not as huge as it looks. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Magnify the Lord. That doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that you can make God big. That just makes, that means make your view of God bigger. Is your problem bigger than God? Then we have a problem. But today I want you to make the Lord bigger than every situation. How is this going to happen, God? Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. You just do what God has told you to do. Stand and look. Stand and look. Come on, come on. Lift your hands and your voices to the Lord right where you are. Lift your hands and your voices to the Lord right where you are and say, Jesus, I look to you. I look to you. I look to you. Come on, give me vision. Give me vision. To see things like you do. God, I look. You're where my help. Your wisdom, God. One more time, God, I look to you. Like you do. See things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where? You where my help comes from. Where does your help come from? Give me wisdom. You know. You know just what. And I will love you. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. Here comes your help. Here comes your redeemer. Here comes your solution. Here comes your provider. Come on, church. 
Lift your hands and say, God, I take my eyes off the problem and I fix my eyes on you. It's not my problem anymore. It's yours. And I want you to see yourself casting every care onto the Lord. Casting every care. Whatever the care, whatever the name of that care is, cast it onto the Lord. Whatever that situation may be, financial, sickness in your body, He never asked you to figure it out. He just asked you to cast your cares on Him. And now listen to me. If it's on the tree, it's not on me. Do you carry that problem anymore? No. Trade your problem for His provision. Trade your problem for His peace. I want you all to do this. Sometimes this is some of the most prophetic things you can do is just take a deep breath and let all that cares you've been carrying out. Just breathe it all away. Just it's fine. Trust me. You'll feel a lot better. Some of us have been so uptight holding all these things for so long. It was like, oh, I want to fix it. I want to, I want to do it. I want to, I want to take it out. I want to, uh. Just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Now, if you are carrying a burden, I want you, right where you are, I'm not going to bring you to come forward, but right where you are standing, if you are giving it to the Lord, I want you to lift your hands and say, here, just take it, take it, take it. Surrender, 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 surrender. I'm your child. It's not my problem anymore. I'm your child. I'm your child. It's your problem. I'm yours. The Word of God says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will fill your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In your homes right now, my friend, if you don't know this Jesus I've been talking about, if you don't know who this is, maybe you heard about religious ideas of who this Jesus is, may I introduce you to the lover of your soul, the God who created you with a plan and with a purpose, who made you and who died for you, who shed his blood. He became the wages of your sin and your sickness. Every curse that was meant to be yours, he took it upon himself. And he redeemed you by his blood and he offers to you the gift, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. What must I do, pastor? What must I do? Just receive. There's nothing you can do. He did it all. All you do is when someone gives you a gift, you take it. If you're watching me online or if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus personally and you don't have a relationship with Him, you know the religious God but you don't know Jesus, well, it would be my greatest honor today, my brother, my sister, to, to tell you to come, come, receive Him. Just take it. Just take it. But preacher, I'm not good enough. That's perfect. He doesn't do really well with people that think they're good enough. 
He does perfect with people that don't think they're good enough. He's drawn to you because of your weakness. Your sin does not repulse him. He's drawn to you because of your weakness. So no matter who you are today, I want you to give your life to Jesus. All you have to do, the Bible says, is believe in your heart. So whoever you are, wherever you are, join all my friends in this room and all my friends watching online and say this out loud and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Today, I receive you into my heart. Thank you for opening my eyes to see how much you love me. It is finished. I believe it. I receive it from this day forward. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Let's lift our hands right where you are, all of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive that peace. Leave every heaviness. Leave every burden. You're in the right place at the right time. You are in the right place. You cannot control other people's decisions, but you're going to be just fine. Listen to me. You're going to be just fine. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which shall not be moved, but endures forever. Oh, I bless you today because you have the blessing and you have the victory. Lift your hands, would you please? The Lord has blessed you. The Lord has anointed you. The Lord has already given you the victory. The Lord has already gone before you. The Lord has already provided for you. I decree over your life that you are not one that is fixated on the problem, but your eyes are fixed on Jesus. He is the one that we look to, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look away from all those things that easily entangle us. We look away from those things that beset us and we fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus Christ we bless you oh God because you are our glory you are the lifter of our head you are my victory you will never let me down I decree over you family you are blessed you are not cursed you are favored you are anointed you are talented you are creative there is nothing impossible for you the God that goes before you prepares a way for you let provision come in this week let provision come in this week in the name of Jesus now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the only wise God with great joy to him be blessing and glory and honor and power forever and forever lift those hands and say it out loud say it let your kingdom come on let your on earth as it is in heaven in Jesus name clap those hands for Jesus if you receive that word today God bless you family. I love you. I'll see you guys next week. Have a God-filled week. Love you guys. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.